بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So to recap, we are now in the middle of Al-Fatiha. And so we are beginning with Maliki Yom din and, and so just to recap very, very briefly, uh, when we start the Quran, we have reference after reference after reference to, to Allah Ta'ala. We have Bismillah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And now we have Maliki Yom din Oh, can someone grab the, 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 the door for me, inshallah? And so one of the big questions that, that we focused on last time was that if Allah Ta'ala is so merciful, then how do we explain this, how do we explain the suffering of especially of little children? And the short answer to that is that this world is morally incomplete, meaning there will be people who will cause suffering to other people and will not have to pay for it in this dunya. And there will be people who will be the victims of suffering in this world and will also not have to uh, not be paid for it in, in this dunya. So if you do not include the Day of Judgment, this world is not fair. Yeah. And that point alone, if someone can truly internalize it, it'll make many aspects of life easier uh, because you're already understanding that, all right, there's a lot of justice that is not going to be served in, in this worldly life. And then on top of that, uh, uh, it also increases a different type of responsibility because you and I will still have to stand before Allah Ta'ala regarding whatever it is that, that we did or, or didn't do. So that's the first part of Maliki Yom din And so now from there, uh, let's get into the, the, the terminology itself. The big t- uh, there's three big terms. There's Malik, Yom, and Deen. So, uh, in different readings, either it's Malik or it's Malik. Both of them are correct. Both of them are traceable back to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, Malik is... Malik is someone who is actively uh, in authority. Actively in a position of mastery. Malik is a king. Okay, so Malik is someone who is being uh, uh, dominant, whereas Malik is someone who that's they have they already have this this uh, their, they, this is their uh, authority, and so we're saying Allah is Maliki Yomadin, and we're also saying Allah is Maliki Yomadin. Both of those at at the, the the same time, and so the second Yom is day. Uh, uh, a point to think about is that when we look in the language of the Quran, we have a lot of the same words we use today, whether we're talking about day or hour and such, but the definitions are, are different. Obviously, day is an easy example. So when we're taught that it, uh, we're taught how long did it take to create the whole universe? Easy question. Six days. I'm sorry. Okay, so six days. Now, is that 72 hours? No, obviously not. Uh, 72 of our hours. No, definitely not. Um, Wait, so, 72 for six days? Sorry? 72 hours? How many hours is a day? Oh, no, 144. Okay. <laughs> 1, 12, 24, 48, 96. Good thing you're the chef went on the math professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep smiling. No, no, no. Is it 144 hours? 
Oh, oh, mashallah. Yeah, didn't know rough stuff you had. Okay, so, but whatever it is, the point being that it's not six days, six days of our uh, clock. Mashallah, thank you very much. Okay, so likewise, our is not necessarily the equivalent of our 60 minutes. Our, when it's being used, could also be referred to referring to a day. So, for example, when the Prophet Pison is asked, when is the hour? That's a saying that's synonymous with when is the last day. See what we're saying? So think of these uh, these terms in Quranic usage and in the Hadith literature, not according to our uh, uh, precise measurement, but think of it qualitatively. So you have you have year, which is a long period of time. You have a month. That is almost the most precise of all the measurements because you see when the month begins, when the month ends. But day is, uh, uh, it could be referring to our understanding of 24 hours or it could be a significant period where a lot, of, a lot gets done. And then likewise for hour, these, these, all these uh, overlap. And then minute, uh, I don't know if we find minute very much in, in our primary sources. Um, I don't, I'm not remembering any example, but I want best. So <clears throat> when we're saying yom adin, we all understand this to be the day of judgment. How long does the day of judgment feel? This is also in the Quran. Fifty thousand. It feels like fifty thousand years. <laughs> That's how long the day of judgment feels. Feels. Yeah. Is it that long? Um, I mean, it, we're speaking of a realm beyond time. And, and so uh, I don't know if it's possible to measure the time. Right, of, so if we're speaking of a realm outside time, is, is that prescription of 50,000 years to give us an idea of? Yeah, it'd be at the very minimum. At the very idea, minimum? An idea, yeah. Okay. No, I don't mean it's, it's a bare, min uh, bare minimum of 50,000 years long. I'm saying try to even comprehend what that is. Now, if it said 70,000 years, then uh, when you see seven, like in the Bible, when it's seven, seventy, seven hundred and such, it often means many. Right. But here Allah Ta'ala is saying 50,000. So there is probably some precision there. Okay. Try to comprehend it, you know, try going to through. 50,000 years? Yeah, going through the, life, the lifetime of every single person who has ever lived. Okay. But it's saying for each of us, it is potentially going to feel that long. Yeah, one, one semester with you didn't feel that long. Uh, yeah, yeah, one semester with me just felt like a blink of an eye. <laughs> it was bliss and it came. Yeah, right, you agree? Debatable. Yeah, it's debatable. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in any case, is there someone else arriving? Uh, yes, inshallah. So, so the point being that this is day. Dean, how do we commonly translate dean? Religion. Yeah, religion. So how does that make sense? Master of the day of religion. That doesn't make any sense. Or does it? Don, don, don. Yes, exactly. So dean here would be system of interaction. And so dean, yom dean is a day of accounting. And so one way to think of the Day of Judgment is the Day of Judgment, where each of us will be judged for the choices we made in our lives. Another is to think of it as the Day of Accounting, 
So whatever I owe each of you, I'll be having to pay back. Whatever each of you owes me, you'll be having to pay back and on and on. Accounting, yeah, left and right. And so there will be some people, as you know, who will begin the Day of Judgment with what seems like a mountain of gold in terms of good. And by the end of it, it is all gone because they're paying it all off to, to other people. And there'll be other people who will expect to have a certain amount, but then they look and they have all this huge amount because of the benefits of the good that they did for other people and such. So what is the fastest way for you to lose your good deeds? Fastest way is with your tongue. That is the easiest way to erase everything. Backbiting. Slander. <coughs> and of course, lying and all those things. And that is also the fastest way to also purify your heart, too, is by way of, of your tongue. But now, in the context of the surah, what are we saying? Allah Ta'ala is master of that day. He's the controller of that day. Now, that day seems to be uh, emphasized. Isn't he the master of every other day, too? I mean, don't we believe that? Yeah. So then, what is the wisdom we can gather by the fact that Allah Ta'ala is speaking of himself as master of the day of judgment in this surah, yet not saying that he's master of everything else? Okay, sure, but isn't he in charge of us right now, prior to that? Yeah. So, what's different? Like, you don't get heaven or hell. Okay, sure, but isn't he the master of the dunya? You may not say judgment and such. So, what is what can we infer uh, from the fact that he's emphasizing that he's master of the day of judgment? If we're already if we already believe he's master of the day of judgment and master of the day before and the day before. E even simpler, even easier than this. Because on that day, no one will deny he's the master of the day of judgment. Right? Today, many people can deny that he's master of dunya. Today, many people can even deny he's master of the day of judgment, or even that there is a day of judgment. Whereas there, there is no denial. And so, so of course, he's malik all the time, but he will especially be malik and malik on that day. Okay? So that's the first half. So think about this being the first page of, of the whole book, and then how many references? Bismillah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yomuddin. Eight references right from the start, which also gives us an indication of what is the foundation of the whole text. The foundation of the whole text is who is Allah Ta'ala to you and I. Now, that sounds obvious, but what often happens is people are reading through, through, reading through the Quran, to see what am I supposed to do? That's secondary. The foundation of the text is who is Allah Ta'ala to, to, to you and I. What's the difference? One approach is to look at Allah Ta'ala as the foundation of the text. The other approach is what am I supposed to do? What's the difference between, between these two? Because as a concept it sounds very easy, but then it becomes very hard for people to explain. What is the difference between these two approaches? Well, the second one sounds like using the text like a manual for life. Okay. Isn't that what we say? That the Quran is? What do you think? Dun, dun, dun. You look like something's processing. You want to share it? Share it. Actually, don't understand. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, uh, what, is the, what is the book about? How would you answer that question? It's about, it's 
Okay. Okay. So if we were to say all of that is geared towards one purpose. If, sorry? Okay. Towards what? The right Okay. Which leads to what? Okay. And you're almost there. You're almost there. Okay. It is to Allah. So, so, so the point being that everything you're saying is correct in terms of what is in the Quran. Okay. But what is all of that about? What is the purpose of my ibadah? Okay, my acts of worship. We can say it's okay. Well, once you answer that, what are what are what are the purposes of of the ibadah? Okay, so these are things we owe to Allah. What else? To express our gratitude to Allah. What else? All these are correct. What else? To ask for forgiveness. What else? He is the one who deserves to be. Say it again. He is the one who deserves to be. Okay, so he's the one who deserves these acts of worship. Yeah, all of these are correct. What else? We're commanded to. Okay, we're commanded to. I like how you get this green. I got it. No, okay. Okay, what else? <laughs> all of these, uh, uh, all of these commands are in place. All these acts of worship are in place to, to remove any barriers there are between Allah Ta'ala and us, which includes starting from understanding who or what is Allah Ta'ala in our capacity to understand. And then the function of the acts of worship is then to bring us closer to him. Everything else you said is also correct, right? Um, you know, that he's the only one who deserves this, that this is, uh, this is out of gratitude, this is out of obligation, all those things are correct. And sometimes in different parts of my day, I might need different things as my motivation. And so motivation can also include to go to Jannah, to avoid, to avoid Jahannam, all those are also correct too. Uh, but overall, the book is about Allah Ta'ala. That is what the book is about. And then how to appreciate Allah Ta'ala, how to consider or think about Allah Ta'ala, how to bring ourselves closer to Him. That is the book. And so the guidance of the right path is guidance to Allah Ta'ala. Make sense? Again, now at one level that might sound obvious. <laughs> but the point being that so much of the text is not focused on here's what you need to do so much of the text is here's how you need to think about things okay. and and then from there in al-fatiha this is the introduction to the whole mm -hmm. text and the first half of the text is saying here is who Allah Ta'ala is okay. because if you're looking for what you're supposed to do I guarantee you, anytime you see a passage about Allah Ta'ala, you're going to skim past it. Because you're going to say, you already know. Most forgiving, most merciful, master, all those things. That's the center of the text. Those ayahs are the center of the text. Not the ayahs that say pray or fast or those. Praying and fasting and such is to help you direct, uh, get directed towards the center. And it's uh, conceptually, it's a simple concept, but internalizing it is, is, a, is a different matter. Now think about a different perspective. If I am not doing what Allah Ta'ala is prescribing, then by definition, I'm getting distance from Allah Ta'ala. Literally by definition. Or if my intention is wrong, so I'm doing an upright action, yet with the wrong intention, then by definition, I'm turning away from Allah Ta'ala. That doesn't mean I'm going to hell, because okay? it might still be inshallah get rewarded. But what I'm saying is that imagine you are looking through a window 
and whatever it is on the other side of the window is reality. As you go through life, that window is getting more and more smudged. And so the Quran is saying, think about the world, think about yourself, and especially think about Allah this way, that's removing most of the smudges. That in itself, when you change your thinking, is clear is cleaning up the window. And then your acts of worship are reinforcing that further. Okay. Now all the times you and I fall short is smudging up the window, but then what can take care of that? Istighfar, seeking forgiveness. Okay. And that can also further keep the window clean. And and so what is on the other side uh, uh, of this window? It is Allah Ta'ala. And so, where is the window located? The window is located in your heart. So more often the language that we use in a lot of our books is the mirror. That you are reflecting the, you know, the beauty or the grandeur of Allah Ta'ala with how pure your heart is. And so another way to think about what is the Quran doing? It's guiding you on how to purify your heart and thus to be fully radiating the the nur of Allah Ta'ala. Okay, so having said that, now we get into the second half of the surah. Starting with And so you alone we worship, you alone we help uh, we ask for help. Okay, so Yarashidi, what's the difference between saying versus Na'buduka? What's the difference between those two? He's like, don't ask me these tough questions about Arabic. Okay, and now it's Iyaka Na'budu. Yeah, so Iyaka is saying you only. So so if we say Na'buduka, we're saying we worship you, and we will worship you. Iyaka is we worship you only. And there's four meanings built in here. One is we worship you, we will worship you, we do not worship anyone else, we will not worship anyone else. This is all in Iyaka Na'budu. Four meanings simultaneously. Yeah, this is, this, you'd find it mainly in poetry today. You know, this not is, even maybe, that's only like this Oh, you're saying the Quran? Um, yeah, I mean, it's only like specifically used in the Quran. Basically. So, I mean, yeah, I'm saying it's in the Quran, you find in poetry. So, but like in the Quran, you know, what yeah, 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 things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Are you raising your hand? No. Okay. Okay. So, take your bag, slam it, see. What kind of blasphemy is this? You say, say it with an accent. So. What accent? What accent? Oh, what, what accent you want? Hey, hey, little Khadija, what's your name? Rida, okay. Would you prefer Rida or little Khadija? She looks like a little Khadija, does she? She's like a little baby Khadija. It's like, stop it. I've been hearing this my whole life. Yeah, because when you're sitting over there, you thought, huh? Is that Khadija? I think that's the potential. Like, yeah, I think he thinks I'm you. Yeah. I was like, it's not her, but is it? But is it? Okay, so it's four meanings in the first half, four meanings in the second half. You alone, we do worship. You alone, we will worship. We do not worship anyone else. We will not worship anyone else. And then likewise for the second half. 
You alone, we do uh, ask for help. You alone, we will ask for help. We do not ask for help for anyone else. We will not ask for help for anyone else. Okay, the worshiping part. Anybody remember how we defined worship? The ultimate expression of love. Nice. Hey. So complete loving surrender. I did learn something from class. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. So, impressed. Yeah. So, so, so the point is that when we're speaking of ibadah, which we often translate as worship. Worship here is to give your most extreme love. So you have love for a beloved, you have adoration for a beloved, and then you have worship for of your beloved. Complete surrender. And then we are saying in this paradigm, everyone is doing ibadah to something. May or may not be the supreme being. Might be something else, like money. Right? Okay, so... What about the second half? When we say you alone, we will ask for help. You alone, we do ask for help. We will not ask for help from anyone else. We do not ask for help from anyone else. Does that mean that, okay, if you're struggling in homework, you can't ask someone for help? All of you are going to say, no, no, of course not. So I'm looking more for the why or why not. Or if you're sick, you can't go to a physician because you're literally saying categorically, we only ask Allah for help. What do you think? It all comes down to like the whole like, intentions. No, no, trust Allah, but tell your family. Okay, so trust explain you. further. So, like, there's like um, the story where one of the Sahaba was. I don't know what he was going to do. We just about to go somewhere. I mean, um, he was he was entering the mosque. Oh, he's entering the mosque. <laughs> <laughs> he's going somewhere. He's going somewhere. Pious. <laughs> Do something. He leaves his camel outside, yeah. and and he asks Rasulullah "Should I trust in Allah?" Well, he's going inside, and then the prophet asks him, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like he's like, "Well, should I tie my camel, or should I just trust in Allah?" And then Muhammad or says, "Trust Allah, but tie your camel." Yeah. In other words, like Allah's given you the means to secure your camel. Okay. So use it. Okay. So, fair enough, but that doesn't sound like asking for help, though. What about, suppose his camel was sick? What should he do? Get another camel. Should he? Sorry? Get another camel. Get another camel? It's like, okay, let me go to, let me go to the camel store and, you know, let's see if they got a Tesla camel. Yeah. yeah. What should he do? I'm looking for an answer. Yeah. Say it again. Because yeah, it's a Quran class, so he would like pray to God for him to be for okay, so, to get better. So is that what we're saying? That's the question I'm asking. If we're saying in this ayah that we repeat a zillion times a day, you alone, we ask for help. Does that mean if I mean, your camel is sick or your car breaks down, you only say God help me? Yes and yes. Yeah, I don't think that's actually a Christian thing. I think this is in the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it, you know, he does ask God for help, okay. but God gives him help in a different way. Okay. That's not. Tell her, tell everybody the whole the whole story, okay. the whole joke. So this guy, <laughs> he's, he's like drowning in the ocean, and he asks God, he prays to God for help, and then there's a boat that uh, swims by. 
both had swims. People on the boat are like, hey, if you're drowning, do you want help? And he's like, no, I'm good. I actually just got Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if God will be saying stupid, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I was going to say, like, the help for, like, God could be, because, like, God gives us resources. Okay. So it could be those resources that God is sending, so, like, in the, like, whole boat being okay. floating to, like, us, like, academically applied, it could be, like, Allah is giving you your professor, okay. or, like, God is giving you um, a fellow friend that may know. Yeah. So like it's this God is giving you like resources because like God's just giving you like I don't okay. want to say the world but like God has given you like this platform to be able to ask his fellow like creatures. Okay, okay. So so similar to what you're saying yeah. and similar to what you're saying. All right. Yeah, Phoebe. I think also like this is kind of a saying from the hadith. Yeah. Where, like people always repeat it. Like which is that means take by, uh, by the consequences, by okay. the result. So let's say you have a car and you know there is something in this car that's not fine. Like there is something will happen soon. And you would say like, maybe like inshallah nothing will be wrong. Okay. So you know you should have taken it. Okay, so like you're, you're, you're running out of gas yeah. and we're, we're you're thinking maybe, maybe God will give you, you know, take the word. it like broke down or whatever, then you don't blame the, you mm-hmm. blame yourself because you okay. know the reason why. Okay. Yeah. I mean, back to the camel. Yeah. <laughs> right back to okay. Right back to the camel. I mean, it's, it's saying a supplication, may my camel be well, and nothing else. Okay. I mean, the tie your cat, the tie your camel part. Okay. If if no one else knows that your camel needs help, well, yeah. or if you don't express that love besides the camel. Okay, I just totally understand you from your. What was the end part? <laughs> the camel. Just like the camel name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, you, you, all you're asking do you give a religious prescription for for an ill camel? Sure, is, is that's a, what I'm asking. Is a, is a strange question to pose there. Okay, okay. Apart from being a camel. Okay, all right. So, so let's say you're sick, and you, uh, if we're taking this ayat, says we ask only God for help. So, don't go to the doctor, just pray. No. I mean, considering half the two thirds of the MSA is pre med, then that's going to totally contradict everything. <laughs> yes. <coughs> well, the ultimate like goal is for you to like see God in like everything, okay, and believe that He's the one who's going to be there to right. help you. But there are like other ways. Okay, like when you're saying if you're sick and then you. You're like completely cut off like everything. First of all, that's not even like I don't know. It doesn't even seem like reasonable because of the world that we live in. I don't understand that point. What does that mean? Meaning like, why would we have all these resources if all we have to ever do is just that? Which that is like the ultimate. Maybe they're turning us away from Allah. That I'm going to the doctor. But what if like? But don't you think if God made everything, He made it so that. There are people that are doctors, and there are people that are like engineers. There are people who are like we call them non-believers. <laughs> what if we do that? Yeah, no? you take your penicillin like with you. Put in place 
Because didn't God want them to be there? I mean, sure, we'd also say that for, for criminals, too. <laughs> yeah, to be able to. Okay. Okay. Okay, you may. Fine. I think it's, it's, when we say, it, like, we only, like, ask you for help. You make dua, make me better, right? Then you go to the doctor. Okay, And then. know that Allah is answering dua through you getting help from this doctor. And what if it doesn't work? Does that mean God didn't answer my prayer? No. He always answers your prayer. Oh, snap. Yeah. There you go. But, but so let's say I'm saying, okay, Ola, please cure me. And I go to the doctor and I die. So did, did he not answer? Well, that wasn't well then wasn't that just written? Like, okay. So, so, so let's say, let's say uh, I don't die. I get more sick. Well, don't you think it's put in place because maybe he's testing you? Okay. Well, I mean, so maybe he's testing to see if I actually turn to him or not, as opposed to the doctor. Oh snap! <laughs> okay, but what if you turn to him just for you to turn back to the doctor? <laughs> okay. So, so basically, uh, uh, I go to the doctor <laughs> and I get sick, and Hadi is standing there. She's like, "That's so you but, turn closer to Allah." Okay, so I pray to Allah no, some more, and I go back to the doctor, and I get more sick. <laughs> and Hadi is now standing on the table, saying, "That's for you to get closer to Allah, right?" <laughs> well, maybe it's supposed to like teach you a lesson. It's supposed to bring you like closer to God. And another, okay. it's like so I'm just going to the doctor, shot. getting more and more sick. What about flu shots? Like when you go in to get like the flu shot, the whole point of it is to yeah. Okay. And yeah, but it makes. Sense I, I, okay, I need somebody to complete sentences because. <laughs> <laughs> they finish each other's sentences. And sandwiches. <laughs> and chicken. Huh? They finish each other's sentences and sandwiches. Chicken muck. Yeah. Fuck me. All right. You got a chicken muck me sandwich. Okay. The actual dish. Okay. So the point you're making? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know where we're going with that. But I'm just saying, like, don't you think it's all put in place because God wants to be that way? Okay, so basically you're saying, I pray to Allah, Allah help me. Let's make it more exciting. Help my child. And then I take my child to the doctor because Hadiya is standing there in the corner saying, that's what you're supposed to do. And then my child gets more sick. And then Hadi says, see, that's what Allah wants. Your child to get more sick because he's testing you. Like, I think it's what you're trying to, what you said before is like, get closer to God. Okay. Then, okay. No, you're saying so you I should turn know, to the doctor, get more sick, to get closer. Like that's it. And God's going to take care of you. That's what I'm asking. I have a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the whole like problem of evil thing is something that's very like present in a lot of religions. Sure. And like, so we're, our like, whole thing is that like mortal life is a are like so then why do babies die okay you know? and like why would why do babies have diseases like before they had time to okay. you know form character and be tested uh -huh. <laughs> what's, what's, what is the what is the answer to this part no, of the question okay well, uh, what were you saying and then we'll when people question like if god is so like he's the most merciful so why are there like yeah children dying and like so okay. many of these countries like abroad with all like the stuff I'm always why with you, and happen? then the last part, I'm like, I don't understand at all what you're saying. You can use it as that, like, why is that in place? Like, why is that there? Okay. 
So, yeah. which is your question, which is basically why is there evil? And so, yeah. so based on what we've covered so far of Al-Fatiha, those who, who are able to be around, what is the answer? Give you a hint. We said it the first part of the class. Do you remember? Uh, whatever. Oh, you're like, I wasn't here. Oh, yeah, you weren't here that time. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, our, our, our thing is that this world, it's not fair unless we count the Day of Judgment. So on the Day of Judgment, everything will be balanced. Right? Okay. So, so translate what she's saying to, to babies dying. What happens to the babies? Exactly. Like, well, obviously, if we, they'd go to heaven, sure, but they weren't tested. So, like, what would even is the purpose of children dying? Sure. So, so there will be those people who will be able to bypass everything. I mean, so one example will be babies that are that um, that you know die or children that die in this world. What would be other examples of people who get to bypass judgment? So if people are not mentally sound, not necessarily the same as autism, but... Sorry? Uh, well, first, finishing this point, so someone who is not mentally sound. And what is mentally sound in this category, uh, in this situation? Someone who cannot uh, uh, tell what is beneficial for them. Okay. Uh, those people will also go to paradise. Who else? What are you saying? Well, someone who is killed is also bypassing. So there's, there's multiple examples of, of people who will bypass the Day of Judgment. So the first part, we were also saying the Day of Judgment feels like 50,000 years. For some people, it'll be very, very quick. What about people who are like, uh, like killed or something? Like, isn't there something where like, they didn't have time to repent because someone took their life? So like, I don't know, I read something where it's like, on the Day of Judgment, like, like I don't know, like, don't they get to have a bypass too or something? Inshallah. If you're killed in the way of Allah, then definitely. And you'll also be able to take other people with you to paradise. And they can bypass, right? So one way to think about this is that on the Day of Judgment, no one's going to get less than what they deserve. Mm -hmm. But quite a few people will have better than what they deserve. What do you think about that? Is that unfair? Who are you asking? All of you. So let's say someone is killing you because you're a believer. Okay. Right. So the people that are dying, like the shooters, that like not, you know, do you think that counts? Is that? Counts? I mean, that is definitely a certain classification of martyr. Yeah. So, so there are different classifications of martyrs. So, what else? What are some other classifications of martyrs? Is it like a mother that dies in childbirth. So, so a pregnant mother who's delivering dies. That is also a classification of martyr. What else? Drowning is, a Drowning is also a classification of martyr, uh, as well. Yeah, I think a wall falling on you or something fire. like that. Yeah, fire probably. Yeah. Wall falling with fire. Yeah. And uh, what about like if you're praying? What if you're at Hajj or like? Well, uh, I don't know that you'd be classified as a martyr, but well, not martyr, if but that's a good, I that's about as good way to to go as possible. If there's good ways to go, you know. You don't so. know they're hoping to die. Right? Well, do. I mean, yeah, I mean, some people do. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, okay, elderly, but like, you know, <laughs> like if I'm gonna die, this so is how I'm gonna. Like, let me die here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else dies except for that person. Uh huh. Yeah.
I'm sorry? Wish. What are you saying? I mean, think of it from the perspective that, okay, if the death is inevitable, what way would you want to die? For whom? Who's framed? For God, or like yeah. God's perspective. Mm-hmm. So like if you're doing like hedge, which is like supposed to be auspicious, and from like my understanding, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be auspicious. So like you would, or like one of the most auspicious things you can do. So mm-hmm. like why would you not potentially want to die then? But yeah. just watching death, problematic. So so the prophet's answer for someone wanting death is you should pray that if death is better for me than life in the sense that you know my good if my bad is going to outweigh my good if i live longer then you know make me end but if my good is going to outweigh my bad then keep me alive meaning people should not want to die correct but people should want to uh meet god yeah but uh, in terms of the desire for death in itself is often frowned upon isn't there also another way to interpret where he says, like, do not wish for death? Because while you're still alive, you can, if you've done bad, you can ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And if you've done good, then you can keep doing good. Yeah, yeah, essentially the same concept, yeah. Just continuing on with the conversation of death, like, what's the perception of, like, good and bad? So, so this is an important question. We will discuss it now, but we're also going to revisit it around Aya uh, 19 of the second, next surah. But uh, the basic point being, that if you fear death, uh, you will probably fear anything that uh, even irrationally makes you feel like you're going to die, like a spider. Okay. Right. And so the goal is to fear the one who controls death. Ah, okay. Not right. death itself, the one who controls yeah. okay. Meaning to make peace with the fact that you're going to die. Um, and have more fear of your accounting on the day of judgment, uh, right? right. Uh, but if you fear death, you're probably going to fear all kinds of other things too, and most of those would be irrational, fearing a mouse, fearing a spider. Like we, were, I was actually doing this lesson. Um, this was in a similar class in Mundelein, and we're going through this whole part about spiders. You know, raise your hand if you're afraid of spiders. You're the only honest person in this room. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, you can all act like you're not afraid of spiders. Seriously, you're not afraid of spiders. Mashallah. We don't like because I've seen them. We don't like them. We don't like them. We'll think we'll die if we see one. And to be honest, like intentionally, like when I think of spider, I always go to the back of the story of the the prophet. The prophet and nice. the cave, Abubak. yes, yeah. So it's yeah. always like the story, the the name spider oh. is like always peace. Nice. It's like since uh, childhood they teach us. Mashallah, like, very you know, nice. Those sc- scare them. And That's there's good. even like. Uh, and, and okay. none of you, you're the only one, you're the only one who's been completely honest. The story behind so, it, but I got over it. The story how long did like you get over this? The prophet, so, yeah, I know, I know um, that, but they're still Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> my sister, they all like it. Is there a difference between respecting and like fearing? Yeah. Yes. So like, is, like that aspect. Like, okay, so let's change it from spider to <laughs> silverfish. Silver what? Okay, go on your phones and look up what is a silverfish. Can I look it up? Like yeah, image. So let's say you're in the bathroom. Oh, God. Well, I'm not looking at 
And you see this silverfish crawling up to you. Okay, honesty. I don't like bugs. So. <laughs> what do you think? You're like, nope, not even remotely afraid. What do you think? Oh, look at that expression. <laughs> well, the, even the, the photo is frightening. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm in the bathroom and then this comes up? Where I was yeah, this? and it's like this big. Why is it that big? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. So what? I can't do that. Yeah, I just okay. Like cute, though. I mean, like, on the shower? I mean, shouldn't we respect the like, gods other creatures? Should, 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 of the silverfish, <laughs> that is what's gonna happen. Yeah, nice. I'm sorry. It doesn't like bite humans. Though. I mean, it doesn't bite humans, but like it crawls up legs. Okay. And it yeah, goes, like it goes into orifices no. and such, <laughs> especially when you're asleep. I'm gonna have nightmares. Just keep your hood on until you get. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> even at home, you know. So, even at home, that's the only she, when she goes to bed, she keeps her job and puts niqab on. Yeah. So, so hashtag. So to bring us all the way back to to our discussion about you alone, we ask for help. Think of three levels of faith. Okay. One level of faith we're going to call people who live in the realm of physics. Okay. And so this is a person who is praying to God, for example, for a cure, but absolutely uh, is relying upon the medicine from the doctor or someone else to help them. Okay. Someone closer is praying to God for, for help or for cure and then sees the means being perhaps this person. Okay, so that's a person who is at a, at a closer level of faith. So most people are going to be at their first level. Which is that? All right, you're sick. Well, you know, pray for pray for your healing and go to the doctor, take the medication. Yeah. Um, but at the higher level, they're looking at the medication as being the means through which God might cure you. Okay. So that's more like your example of, of the of the boat, right? The swimming boat. Yeah. And then higher is the person who only needs to pray. Don, 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 don. So what do we say at the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, that, or at Omar's time, that people are trying to give him you know, certain plants for his sickness, and he's like, no, we never used that before. And yeah, right? So that would be the person for whom the means is whatever Allah makes happen in response to the prayer. So these are levels of faith. And so depending upon what level you're at, that would be the meaning of you alone we ask for help. But in the context of the surah, however, you alone, we ask for help, is answered in the next line. What's the next line? Guide us on the straight path. Meaning God is the only one who can give you guidance. The prophet, peace be upon him, cannot guide you. Only Allah can guide you. The prophet is delivering the guidance, but only Allah can guide you. And so... In the context of the surah, when we're saying you alone we ask for help, in the surah, it's you alone we ask for help for guidance. Okay. Now we get into the, the next parts of the surah. So guide us on the straight path. So, so the whole surah itself is a prayer. At one level, it's a prayer for guidance. 
And so what we see in the pattern of other prayers in the Quran, they either at the beginning or at the middle or at the end have some praise of the divine. Uh, often it'll be right at the beginning, Rabbana, right, our Lord. Or it might be at the end, you're the one who, you're the one who, uh, who guides or you're the turn of hearts, etc. And so, so the point is that in the manner of making a supplication to Allah, it should also include praise of the divine. Why? What's the benefit or wisdom behind praising the divine in your request to him? So I like how you always said I read somewhere, and tell me it's not on the internet. No, it was a lecture. Oh, okay, 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 fine, fine. Yeah. On the internet. I mean, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, anyway. There's yeah. Anyway. No judgment yeah. there. Uh, yeah. So, Amen, and ask you, if not, that you're also supposed to send your, like, peace be upon him. Yeah, blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then make your request, yeah. and then you end so with blessings on the Prophet. Yeah, that's, that would be like an official way. What else? Um, so, part of what you said at the beginning is that you're surrendering. What are you saying? Sure. Any other thoughts? Why praise Allah Ta'ala? when you are making a supplication. You're all welcome to do musical chairs, you know, feel free to kind of, yeah. Yeah, Muslim chairs. So, so it's, think about it from, uh, relate to the idea of surrender is that you are also putting yourself in a mindset in relationship to who God is to you. And so one of the points that I've been repeating is these attributes of Allah in the Quran are not quite giving us who is, what are the attributes of God. It's what are the attributes of God in relationship to you. Mm. Yeah. So he's most merciful, but why? To you, he's most merciful. He's creator of you, etc. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so the point being that this is also um, giving you uh, a mindset through which you are now speaking to Allah. <clears throat> so next part, <clears throat> guide us on the straight path. Now, in Iyak and Abudu, we said, you alone, do we worship you alone? Do we ask for help? Guide us on the straight path. So a point to think about is even if you're alone, you're still praying on behalf of everybody. Yeah. You're also making the <clears throat> prayer simultaneously for everyone. Yeah. At that moment, you're, you're making the prayer even if it's by yourself. And, and so uh, relate to this uh, is this important point of never try to never distance yourself from the community, right? The community is large enough that literally um, there are multiple examples of people like each and every one of us in the community. What happens, especially in our contemporary era, because it's so easy to live in a bubble, is that we often distance ourselves from the community. Oh, they're not going to understand, or they're like this, or they're judging me, and this and that. Um, those are all tricks of the devil. Uh, now, finding your place in the community is a different issue, right? Because you're not the only ones that are all in a bubble. Everybody's in a bubble, uh, whether it's because of phones or, or just American life. Um, so it's often a challenge, especially after you graduate, to find community. That's a, sometimes a huge, huge challenge. But the point is, don't allow yourself to distance yourself 
from community. Now, uh, straight path. Forget uh, Islam for a second. Think of GPS or a map or something. When we have the term straight path, what other thoughts or ideas come to mind? No turns. So no turns? Yeah. What else? No curves. No curves. Yeah. What else? He's asking, he's asking me outside of like a religious... Yeah. Experience. Anything. Any, any context you can think of. Stops. Sorry? Stops. Where are the stops? So, so yes stops or no stops? Okay. Okay. Detours, fine. So okay. Detours? Yeah. Sorry. Detours? But if it's straight path, then. Oh snap! <laughs> She's like, that's not what my non-YouTube, non-internet YouTube lecture said. Yeah. What else? What, what else do you think? What you told that taxi driver? <laughs> You'll like this. Okay. So, so, wait. How good's your Arabic? Uh, I mean, I was going around. Oh, okay. So you'll enjoy this too. So, all right. So. What's your native language? English. What's your ethnic heritage? Korean. You're white? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think we fell on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Another white person calls it. Okay. In any case, so, so for you too. <laughs> so, uh. so, so I'm in a cab. In fact, I've told the story anymore. I don't even remember if it was me anymore. But in any case, so I'm in a cab. And and so, what do you say if you're just telling the cab driver just to go down the road? What do you say? See <laughs> <laughs> Urdu, nice, mashallah. What do you say? Okay, so so alatul is that also something? Like? Okay, so that was more Arabic than what I do. So siratul <laughs> mustaqim, and then so what does the cab driver say? So, take me on the straight path. Okay. Yeah. So, That's a lot of pressure on a Yeah, yeah, seriously. So, so, okay, what else? What else do you think of when you hear the term straight path? The fastest, fastest way? Okay, what else? Bumps. Sorry? Bumps. Bumps, like it stops? Okay, what else? Final Only way. Sorry? So there's the final destination. Yeah, what else? It's the only way. Only way? Simple? Okay, yeah, all these things. Now, when we were talking about the attributes of Allah, not today, but in previous sessions, one of the points there was that what I truly think of Allah in my heart will inform how I look at what happens in my life. So, for example, very commonly, students will come to my office saying that they believe that God hates them. If you truly believe that in your heart, then when things happen to you, you're going to take them as signs that God hates you. You're late for class, or your, your clothes get wet because of the rain, or something else. You're going to interpret everything according to that lens. And so what are we being taught? Look at God, not just as merciful, but pouring mercy on you. <clears throat> so, for example, if you get into a car accident, if you believe God hates you, you're going to see that as, as you know, uh, an indication that God hates you. If you believe that God is absent, car accident, okay, where was God? God was not there to help me. What happens if you really, really believe that God is pouring mercy on you, you didn't and you die. get in a car accident? You didn't die. Okay, what else? If you get in a car accident, like you can get up from it, or uh -huh. you're not injured, um, for it raining, um, just like, hey, maybe I needed a shower, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So like, even like yeah. not even necessarily individualistically, but like fair play. Mm-hmm. And so, so think about it from this perspective that what's happening to you in your life, you're interpreting and you're choosing the interpretation. Okay? So if something happens, even if it's something as bad as a car accident, if you truly uh, uh, have this, this feeling that Allah is pouring mercy on you, one way you might see this, which is built into what you're both saying, this was so horribly bad, but it could have been so much worse. Okay? And so what are we saying here? Number one, you are choosing how to interpret what happens in your life. And that is coming from how you regard God truly in your heart. Now, bring this back to straight path. How you look at Islam will, be in, will influence how you practice Islam. So Islam has multiple names in the Quran itself. One is Islam, one is Umat Wasat, so like the balanced community, Milat Ibrahim, the way of Ibrahim. But the first way it's being described is straight path. Now think of all the points that you just mentioned. If you imagine Islam that way, compared to how we usually imagine Islam, the way you all describe it actually sounds like something easier. Like this, this way taking you no curves, uh, um, um, you know, towards your destination. There might be stops, there might be bumps and such, but you're still going towards your destination. And so, what else is this? This is also the easiest way. And, and so, a way to test how you feel about Islam is to ask yourself, you don't have to answer this for us, but ask yourself, do you honestly feel that is life inside Islam easier than life outside Islam? Because if you ask most of your peers... If they're being honest, they'll say life outside Islam is much easier. Life inside Islam is so much harder. And think about it a different way. Uh, you have person number one who exercises on a regular basis and eats right and takes care of themselves. So they go through all those struggles. You have person number two who doesn't do any of that. Says, no, I'm free. Yeah, right. Which one am I, the first or the second one? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So which one, which would you say is going to have the easier life? Have the, have the yeah. easier life? Not to do anything. Not to do anything? I would say when they're in their 20s, <laughs> sure. Okay. And then all that stuff will start catching up. Yeah. So, I mean, lately I've been bench pressing 350 milligrams. Oh, great. Versus, like, the person that may not be doing anything, like, perchance maybe they want to eventually go to the gym. Um, Whereas, like, maybe they're, like, wanting a change in life, and now it's, like, hacking to figure out, like, a whole new, like, way of living, Mm -hmm. which is, like, struggle on top of struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, like, even, like, Maybe they never want to get healthy, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe it's this aspect where their health is now being challenged because they have been unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's ultimately about perspective and frame and when you're looking at each particular instance. Because, like, life isn't just a snapshot. Mm -hmm. It's about snapshots. Okay. So, if we did snapshots, and scenario number one is a person who is being very conscious about their fitness and such. Scenario number two is a person who is doing the opposite. They don't care. They can live whichever way they want. If we took the whole 
I experienced a life, who would you say is probably going to have an easier life in the long run? First person? Yeah, I suggest probably the first person, right? I mean, in the general sense. Yeah. And so what I'm suggesting is imagine if you looked at your Islam that way. That these are things, exercises that you go through, like the person at the gym or the person who's watching what they eat. I mean, as a Muslim, you have to watch what you eat, right? And so they are being conscious of these things, so they're accepting these short-term struggles with the belief that it's long-term ease. As opposed to the person who's going for short-term ease, not thinking about the long-term, taking uh, the long-term for granted. But the point I'm making is that how you truly imagine Islam is going to thoroughly affect how you practice it. And the way we imagine Islam in our community is this gigantic burden of a million things you have to do and a million things you have to think and none of it fits and none of it's relevant. That makes it almost impossible to practice Islam. And how will it truly manifest? You'll see it in your children and your grandchildren. Because your children are going to inherit how you look at all these things. Um, you may not be honest with yourself um, that this is how I really feel about these things, but your kids are going to inherit what you really feel. And what you'll then see is that if this is what I truly feel about Islam, it's just this thing I can't stand and it's so difficult, then more than likely my grandkids will probably not be Muslim. It will manifest. So, uh, guide us on the straight path. So overall, this is a request for guidance. And here we're saying a straight path being Islam. Uh, the first way we're, the first big point is what I think of Islam is influencing how I practice it. And so think of everything you think of with the idea of straight path. So what else is there? There's a destination. What's the destination of the straight path? Here we go again. What did I say the Quran was all about? Allah. Okay, so the destination of the straight path is Allah. Okay. <clears throat> Nevertheless, if I'm doing things to go to paradise, that's good. If I'm doing things to avoid hell, that's good. But what is my goal? It's the pleasure of Allah. Okay. That's the, the highest uh, goal. If you are pleased with Allah, then Allah, by definition, is pleased with you. And so then apply this to all these other struggles. The, part of your challenge is to make it through the struggle, but to try to <coughs> consciously have a good impression of Allah. That, all right, Ya Allah, you know, whatever you put me through, you know, Alhamdulillah, you know, you're, you know, uh, I'm pleased with whatever you give me. If you can internalize that, life is, on the one hand, going to be easier, but life is also going to be harder. Why? Why is life going to, why would life be easier? That's the easier part. Does he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so, so I won't ask you to answer so you haven't missed a single prayer. Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't ask her. Not in that sense, but like everything we do, like can be nice and without it. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. And okay. It's, just, it's just so easy to think that way. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> looking, looking at some other people's expressions They're like yeah, just, uh, just move on I got something on YouTube and on the internet to go through yeah. Yeah. wait so are you asking uh, accepting whatever God decides to give us 
not just accepting it, but truly being convinced that this is good. Yeah, easier said than done, right? Yeah. I think this is even the Sahaba and the Prophet, peace upon him, him uh-huh. himself. Yeah. Sayyidina yeah. Aisha, maybe his wife, also uh-huh. him, like, you already like the, the tigers. You go to the pyramids. Why do you pray? Uh-huh. And then you say that, like, why have to be like this? A good servant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should I be grateful? Be grateful. Yeah, yeah. So even the Sahaba themselves, they fear that uh-huh. they might not go. Okay. So there was a fear that they weren't going to go. But what, so the, what does uh, uh, the prophet say about the, the peace be upon about the plight of the believer? How wondrous is the plight of the believer that when something bad happens, they see it as good. When something Why? bad happens to them, to them they see it as good. Yeah. How? Because they know that Allah is always the best. Okay, and bring it even lower to a person's own life experience. Why? Okay, so opportunity for self-improvement. What else? So you're also being purified. What else? You're alive. Okay, you're alive. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what's common in both of these? It's bringing you closer to Allah. Yeah, so the short-term struggle for the long-term ease, and then hopefully the ultimate ease. Mm-hmm. Right. But even in the moment, you're being brought closer to Allah. Okay. So now I'm saying, if I can truly have that attitude, Really internalize that attitude that whatever's happening to me is good, and it's an easy concept. It's not at all easy to, to implement. It takes effort. Then, on the one hand, we're saying my life is easier, but how is my life also harder? Because Allah will give me more difficult tests. Don 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 Well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Exactly. Well, if I it got was truly right? easy to do that. Really? Yeah, no, that's really? exactly it. <laughs> Mashallah, yeah. Mashallah. So repeat after me. Ashhadu anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So, so but that's. Um, <laughs> I like how like the Muslims are laughing. <laughs> like, what, what, what was so funny there? In any case. So, uh, so we'll stop right here, and then we'll continue inshallah next time, finishing off Surat Al-Fatiha. Um, anybody have any questions? Yes. Not a question. You gave us an assignment. Well, what was the assignment I gave you last time? Sorry. Oh, did you get one? Did you okay, okay. So, so the challenge I gave last week was to sum up the translation of "rub" into one word. Or was it two words? I'll even give you two words. No, 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 no. Stick it to one. You know how long it's. Like how many Google searches I did. Okay. So he uses the internet. It's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're already Muslim. Like, who is the lecturer you're listening to? <laughs> yes. Well, okay. You got you got to use it. I seriously. Okay. Maybe here it goes. There it goes. Let's hear. Let's hear what he has to say. A cultivator. Cultivator is not bad. You know, although falah, you know, is sort of like a farmer that's also a cultivator yeah but, but a, yeah but a farmer farms a cultivator like goes no, I'm saying the word falah oh really yeah so is that a yes or it's a no? it's a no but it's a really good one it's a really good is yeah. there is a one with mentioning someone came up with this yeah I mean I will mention at some point inshallah that someone came inshallah, up with cultivator that's two, a good one so the two hours that I didn't spend like actually reading a book I had to read <laughs> look, <laughs> looking up the word <laughs> <laughs> writing it down yeah, we and need to breaking, talk about priorities. And breaking such. letter by letter. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was like that was like a two-hour period of me breaking it down, and then me figuring it out in class and thought, I got it. That was a good one. It was a good one.
Mashallah. Mashallah. You get me in homework for two hours. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's priority. Yeah. Yeah. We still we still got to work on those priorities anyway. But yeah, yeah. Your point your point is well taken. Yeah. All right. Questions related to this, or just a general list of questions. You gotta Google back, so. Um, we were talking about death earlier in High Bond, um, so we should remember death often. Um, so, what are some like ways to remind ourselves of it as like, young people that we're always facing those? Uh, I'll give you a couple ways to remember death. Uh, anytime you hear about death or shooting, think about your own day of judgment. Uh, if you have time, periodically visit cemeteries. Um, I'll give you those two. What about? Yeah, I'm not of the opinion that that's wrong. The concern about women visiting cemeteries is more about uh, people losing control. So, yeah. I mean, if you do have a legitimate fear that you might lose control, whether you're a man or a woman, then you should perhaps not go to a cemetery. But that applies to almost any location. So, any other questions related to this? You look like you're... What? Yeah, I've never heard of that. What? Yeah, there, there's some are, that are the opinion that women should not go to burials, especially. Meaning like they would cry and... Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm of the opinion that that's not a problem. Men can't, I think men can't either. You could see the grave. Well, not like the, but like he like like in like they like put up a giant barrier so we couldn't even see like where yeah. he was buried or anything. Mm -hmm. You just say something. And move on. Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah, this this has been an ongoing thing that they've been uh, at various levels increasing, increasing, decreasing, increasing security. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like uh, if I understand if I remember correctly, you know these days and maybe for the last 10, 20 years, no one can see the grave. Uh, the questions about anything else? Yes. Um, I, but so my first 